0: I'm going to talk about heroes today, and we just saw a woman who was a hero to that little boy, and I've got some more examples for you. You know, um, I've kind of got a long introduction here. It's kind of confusing because I've been confused, but uh, I'll make up for it at the end, so don't get worried. He's still in the introduction. Yeah, I'll get out of it. But anyway, um, it's really important that we take a look at what happened last weekend, and that was... Father's Day, I looked at a ranking of favorite uh, holidays, and uh, Christmas was number one, Thanksgiving was number two, Mother's Day was number three. Ironically, the Fourth of July was number four, and Valentine was 14, and in the top five, Father's Day was number 23. That's just sad. There was one survey that included the return to daylight saving away from daylight saving time, and and I think it was in Indiana. You know, when we get back to normal, and that beat out Father's Day. Now that's just really sad and kind of an indication of where we are. it, it is really tough. A lot of people, you know, they didn't have a good father, and a lot of people aren't a good father, and a lot of people want to be a father, but they aren't fathers. I went through seven years of infertility like that. It's hard. And so we talk about this great holiday, but for a lot of people, there are some really deep father wounds that fester up during Father's Day. And it's no wonder that people don't really always love Father's Day. A lot of people have been hurt by a father. And the problem is, it's such a A tough thing to see it. Many times the wounded person is blind to the impact that an unhealthy father has had on their life. And so then you get married to somebody who has that wound and they wound you, and then everybody's being hurt by a guy that might be distant or dead, but he still has an impact on life. And it is really, really a hard, hard day for a lot of people. Well, you know, a lot of people think that they're worthless, and Satan beats them up with all these shame messages. That's not from God. That's from Satan. And they think there's no hope, but I want to tell you, there is hope, and you don't have to be worthless, and you don't have to feel it, and you don't have to act like it. But I got to tell you this. It's hard to be the man you're called to when you've got a gaping father wound. That's never been dealt with It's difficult Dave Stoop, he and I wrote The book The The Soul of a Hero It's the last book That Dave and I wrote together Dave spoke here in 2014 His sermon Was the most watched, downloaded Heard, viewed sermon In 2019 Dave died March the 10th And I did his memorial service A couple of weeks ago They've never, ever stopped growing. He had a tremendous father wound that probably wasn't healed until he was in his 40s. When he was six years old, his dad gave him a red Schaefer mechanical pencil. Dad said, don't lose it. Don't take it out of the house. And that's what he did. Never found it. Told his mother, he wanted to tell his dad at the right time, but his mother betrayed his secret, and the father just couldn't handle it. Dave said he kind of divorced the family at that point. His dad never really paid much attention to him. On his 16th birthday, he went out and bought a red Schaefer mechanical pencil and gave it to his father as a way of saying, I'm so sorry. What I did as a six-year-old, and his father never acknowledged that. What's so wonderful about Dave is that he has become a hero. He has become a father to so many people before he died. He didn't let the sickness infect every part of his life. And I really believe that every person can can be a hero, can rise to the occasion, rise to what God has called you to be. There are a lot of male heroes, a lot of female heroes. We wrote this book for male ones. But in our culture, in our society, men really get a bad rap in media. Let me just show you this. I had a Klondike bar today. Look at this com- Klondike bar commercial at how a man is portrayed. It's typical. Watch this. Oh, sorry, Pete Herman brought his glass into the kitchen and put it in the dishwasher. Give that guy a Klondike bar. bar? Okay, it's funny, but it's so typical that that's how a man is portrayed. I know men that cook every meal, wash every dish. They are heroes in their own home. But those kind of messages make you believe that there aren't any great men out there. And there are some great men. Have you seen the Auntie Anne pretzel little things in airports and all around? Well, I met Auntie Anne, Anne Bailey, uh, just last Wednesday night. I had a meeting with her. I was so Thankful to meet her. Let me tell you what happened to her. She married a man, and their one-year, nine-month-old little girl was tragically killed when her sister backed over her with a tractor out on the farm. They were Amish. She was devastated like anybody would be but she couldn't get beyond the grief and it just kept growing and finally her pastor said, I want you to come and meet with me. I think I can help you. Well, he raped her. At her most vulnerable, horrible, difficult moment, a pastor raped her and with threats and manipulation kept her in an abusive relationship for seven years. Finally, she decided that, uh, she found a way to tell her husband, Jonas, I met Jonas too, and she says, Jonas, he didn't leave me. He participated in the healing from that damage. Can you imagine? You lose your daughter, you go for help, and that's what happened. But Jonas, they've been married 51 years. And she still calls him her hero. There are some great, wonderful men in this world. I was speaking in Fredericks, Maryland at a pregnancy center. And a woman told her story of how she was pregnant and out of wedlock. And her parents were just going to be so upset she thought about abortion. And she and her, her boyfriend went in and that, there was a... a sonogram done, and and they saw the baby's little heart beating on the screen, and the boyfriend said, we are going to have this baby. He was a hero to his own little baby that he created. And I tell you, it's the weirdest thing. People can be doing stuff you're not supposed to do, and it creates a life that was meant to be from the beginning of time. I mean, I just don't understand that, but but that life was meant to be. That's the miracle of God. But it's hard, you know, you you don't hear these kinds of things. We kind of live in an evil vortex that just creates this vacuum of, of no morals and no goodness. And men, we are told to just be nice. That's what a man is supposed to be. And it's really difficult to be a masculine man. And some have so much difficulty with their father wound, the culture, an unhealthy relationship, that they just leave. Now, let me tell you what that does. A child that's raised in a home without a, a father, well, he's four times more likely to live in poverty, seven times more likely to have a teen pregnancy, five times more likely to commit suicide, 32 more times likely to be incarcerated. One word for dads, please just stay. Sometimes men feel half man, half question mark. John Eldridge writes in Wild at Heart, every boy in his journey to become a man takes an arrow to his heart in the place of his strength. Because the wound is rarely discussed, and even more rarely healed, every man carries a wound. And the wound is nearly always given by the Father. I'll tell you, we love heroes, but it's hard to be one with a gaping, festering father wound. Most everybody likes movies and stories about heroes. You can't get much more super than Superman. Superman. I tell you, you what, a hero was the guy that played him, Christopher Reeve, who became a quadriplegic. The courage that he had after that accident was amazing. But this guy of high density polyurethane is not anything. He represents something that doesn't even exist. But there's something in the stories that he has in common with all the other heroes in the story, like uh, Katniss, Eberdeen, and Frodo, and Harry Potter. They all all start off, well, this is what um, Campbell said. Um, He wrote this book, let's see, what's the name of the book? Anyway, uh, The Hero of a Thousand Faces, and he writes in there that, you know, they all, it's kind of normal, and then something horrible happens, and they have to face their greatest fear, and they get assistance to do it, and then they will do anything to save somebody. Even near death, some will even die, and then be brought back to life, and then it returns to normal, but the hero is never the same. That is the story that's found in so many hero stories, and it's not difficult to see how that parallels the authentic story of Christ and what he did for us. This guy can't do anything for anybody. And sadly, we we worship things like him. We say, well, you'd have to be stupid to worship something like this. But actually, you just have to be deluded to worship something like that. Aaron was so deluded, he built a a golden calf and worshiped that. David worshiped Bathsheba and gave everything up. And Peter worshiped his own safety and said he never knew Jesus. It is difficult to be a hero, but we're going after these things, this super strength. You know, I, I do not have Steel. I am not a man of steel, nor aluminum, or, or anything like that. Um, I don't even know if he's recyclable. But I know this. There's, there's often some kind of thing we're going for. There's often some kind of way we think we ought to be. And we miss it. And if we would not miss it, we could be the hero God has called us to be. Now, you know, there are many, many military heroes, unsung heroes in the military. And you can't sing a song for them because we don't even know their name. There are unsung heroes in the Bible, like there was this military leader, Naaman. He had leprosy and his wife's maid had tremendous faith in God and believed that Elisha had this special anointing from God. And she wanted her boss's boss to go see Elisha. And he did. Nobody was healed of leprosy back then. He was healed of leprosy. Military leader. Now, we can't sing a song for her. We don't know her name. It's not even there. There are so many instances of people who have done acts of heroism, but we don't even know. And, and we're just glad that their reward will be in heaven. Look at Matthew 20, 16. It says this, and this is something that we can count on. So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. So they will have their day of glory. A lot of women heroes. My mom, 94 years old, got on a plane and came here last week for my birthday and for Father's Day. Cancer survivor, lost her middle son to AIDS in the 80s. My dad died probably 25 years ago and she just keeps going. Struggling? Suffering? No. She has this attitude of Christ that infects people. She laughs more than anyone. She told me, if you can't be deep, Try to be funny. She knows her son, but she's my hero. She's strong, and I married a strong woman because once I was used to my mother, I didn't have a choice, and so my wife is a strong woman, but we wrote the book for men to be heroes, and so there are seven, seven different aspects of the soul of a hero, and I want to give you three before we go. By the way, I'll just mention this. There was a survey given to a bunch of high school students on who was their hero. And you know what the most common answer was? None. Nobody was their hero. There's a song that says, we don't need another hero. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And anybody can step up and be that hero. The first thing that we know about heroes is that big heroes, point number one, here it comes, big heroes, well, that's what we just did. We, we couldn't sing a song for the unsung heroes. But here's this one. Big heroes start small. That's the way it has to be. You're not instantly some big giant thing. You have to start small, like a child. That's the beginning. And, you know, it's exactly what Jesus did, and children are so wonderful. I, uh, my wife thinks that I impersonate a child most of my life. I, I, I don't know if that's bad or good, but I was reading some genuine prayers of children that we're supposed to be like. One prayed, our Father who does art in heaven. Another one <laughs> said, dear God, I'm so sorry that mean people built that tower of Barbie. And, and another one, this is my favorite, Dear God, take care of, your, of my mom and dad, my brothers and my sisters. And, and take care of me. And then, and, and God, please take care of yourself. Because if anything happens to you, as my dad says, we're in deep poo-poo. <laughs> Real prayers. Matthew eighteen three says this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said it, and Jesus did it. He gave up the benefits of heaven to come down here as a vulnerable little tiny baby to then learn and grow and work and show us how to live and And then he became the hero of all heroes, accomplishing the most heroic feat ever accomplished in the entire universe, ever. He did that for us, but he started small. And if we want to be a hero like Jesus, we must start small. Maybe the best way to start small is rather than flexing our muscles, maybe we ought to get down on our knees at child level. Heroes, they start small and they know that they can't be a hero by themselves. You know, I love Mission Impossible. I loved it on TV with Jim Phelps. I love Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. And you know, they do that thing where your mission, should you decide to accept it. And not one episode have I ever seen the guy that's listening to the tape go, ooh, wait, I've got Pilates tomorrow. I I think, uh, I'm going to have to pass on this. No, they always accept the challenge. And then, like in Mission Impossible, the IMF, Impossible Mission Force, they have help. Like in all the great hero stories, they get help and they get assistance and they do amazing, amazing things. They never do it alone. Well, we can't be a hero alone either. A drowning man, you you can't save yourself by swimming harder. You have to have help. And so, just like the hero needs assistance, so so does Jesus have assistance. He didn't fly a private jet or ride private donkey. He had men around him, his own group of men that assisted him in accomplishing the most amazing, heroic feat ever. And when he was at his worst moment, blood sweat, that's what happened, he had blood sweat all over him, he needed support. Now, he was perfect, and in his perfection, he, like all heroes, had to face his fears. He said, come on, guys, pray with me, be with me. He says to his father, oh, man, if if there is any other way, do that. But if not, I'm willing to do this. And he knew that this meant humiliation, that this was difficult, that this was going to be torture and painful in every single way. Those disciples lost the greatest opportunity ever to truly share and fellowship in the sufferings of the Savior of the universe, but they slept through the whole thing. But Jesus taught us that we need good people around us. The worst enemy you have is the one that says he's your friend, and then he tells you stuff that builds up your pride and ego when you need humility. Or... He tells you, yeah, you're justified to to be resentful and hate that other person. Rather than telling you the truth, he tells you what you want to hear. That's the worst enemy. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need sharp people to come along to keep us sharp and moving forward. We need assistance. There's a song that is the dumbest song I've ever heard of. No man is an island. Almost every man I've met becomes an island in some way or another. I don't even know how that song lasted. We have got to come off the island, men, and we've got to help each other be great men. Now, the third thing, you got, the hero needs to get small. The hero can't do it alone. But the third thing is you have to win the battle inside before you go off to war. Or you have to win the war within before you go off to battle. That's what the hero does. Just like I said about Jesus, he fought that battle. He had some assistance, a father that loved him, and he won that battle. And And we need to realize that we could be, we could literally be a hero to millions and millions of people, but we can't. We can't be a hero to our own soul. We could save thousands as an EMT or whatever, but when it comes to our own soul, we cannot save our own soul. We have have to have a hero to do that. And if we don't acknowledge that hero, it is not going to go well. Hebrews 12:1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let's strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that trips us up. So let's get rid of that, and then, then, you know what it says in the next verse? Keep our eyes focused on Jesus. That's what it says. We need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And then we will be shocked at what Jesus will do with us. It says in that verse that we can be, well, we can become a champion because of the hero that Jesus is to us. Sadly, a lot of guys think they missed it, they don't have it. Real men are over here, real heroes over here, and they don't have it, but they have it. My favorite store to shop in, I admit it, is Goodwill. I got this trophy at Goodwill. I did not win it. You can, if you need trophies, you can find them at Goodwill. My home is full of the most beautiful colored glass, lamps, Tiffany-like shades and things you've ever seen, and they all came from goodwill. I would love to tell you that my favorite TV show is like uh, Forged in Fire or Pitmaster's Barbecue or something like that. My favorite show is Flea Market Flip. Now, I'm just sorry. I was watching this afternoon. That's who I am. I love flea, market, flip. They take a piece of junk. You know what they do with it? They repurpose it. They take something that they buy for $25 and then they sell it for $300 and whoever sells the most wins. I love that show because every one of those is a reminder of what God has done with this worthless, sinning dude. Repurpose my life. I was never, ever pointed this way until I finally gave up going my own way, experiencing my own pain, and I finally let Jesus be the hero of my life. That's what what God wants for every person. He wants to repurpose your life. Rick Warren wrote the purpose-driven life. I want to rewrite the repurposed, forgiven life, and no one is beyond God's forgiveness. Look at Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off, here it is again, throw off old sinful nature of your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Now, if we would just do that, life would be so much better for us. Can't do it alone, but we can do it. Then, instead, let let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Here's the repurpose part. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That is possible for every person to be righteous and holy if we will count on the one who can do that for us. Heroes face their fears. They accept the challenge. They claim the treasure. And that's what Jesus did. He faced that fear of the cross as a real life human being, sweat drops of blood, he faced it and he overcame it for a treasure to be won. And that treasure was us, it was you and it was me. And he did that for us. He is the ultimate hero. And I got to tell you, it's amazing how many people don't want to believe that that actually happened. But what a relief when we discover that it is. Maybe they're going after a trophy, or maybe they think that they need to somehow be more like Superman. Superman can't even, look at, he can't even fly. And, and you, if you put your trust in him, it's gonna be very disappointing. But that's not even Superman, that's just a representation. And this isn't Jesus, but it is a representation of the pain he suffered and what he went through to do this heroic thing that nobody could have done but him. And he did it willingly. I don't know what your story is, but I got to tell you this. If Jesus is not the hero of your story, then we got to help you rewrite that story. If you think you need to have everything together to be acceptable to God, you just don't know what this cross that Jesus died on, did. Jesus willingly allowed himself to be nailed to a cross after he was beaten and whipped and tortured. And then he prayed for the men that had nailed him to that cross. He asked that all of those involved in his death be forgiven while he was dying. That's pretty amazing. And then he dies. He didn't raise himself up. He was dead. God raised him from the dead. And now he is up there waiting for one final heroic act for every person. You believe in him. You accept him. You tell people he's your savior. You'll go before him. And he will say this. To God, his Father. This person, this person believed in me on earth, accepted my gift of torture and death and my resurrection as the source of salvation. And I present this person wholly to you, God, because he accepted my pain or she accepted my pain and suffering as the price. Wow, what, what a thing. I, that's what, because see, that's entrance into heaven, and that is the only way that we get there.